Hi, everybody. It's Neil and Cheryl Josephson from Family Life Canada. We want to thank you for tuning in and even more for investing in your parenting journey. We built this workshop for you to provide real hope, practical help, and proven wisdom for you and your family. Now, just listen, learn, and then live it. Hi, I'm Jason Pogue, and I have the great privilege and honor of being the high school pastor at Saddleback Church in Southern California. I want to thank you in advance for taking time out of your busy schedule to watch this workshop hosted by Family Life Canada as a part of their parenting conference. I've been working with teenagers in a local church setting for more than 20 years now. But what makes this stage of my life unique is that I'm also a father to three teenagers. I currently have a 19-year-old, a 17-year-old, and a 14-year-old. So it feels appropriate that in this moment, we would just pause and pray for me right now. No, I'm just kidding. But in all seriousness, while this stage of parenting has not been easy, it has been rewarding. And I think one of the big reasons for that has been the intentionality that my wife and I have placed on our parenting. You see, instead of just fumbling and stumbling our way through the parenting journey, we decided years ago to work at it, to be purposeful, to read and to study and to listen and to learn from others who were at least a few steps ahead of us, much like you're doing right now. So the question that you and I are going to consider together over the next few minutes is this. How can the five stages of parenting be a game changer for me and my teenager? Well, let's dive in. First off, let's take a quick look at an overview of the stages of parenting. You see, as your children grow, they go through stages. And as parents, you have different roles to play along the way. When your child is a newborn through kindergartner, your primary role is that of a caregiver. The role of a caregiver is to provide for your child all of the things that they need in order to survive and to thrive in the world. So things like food and safety and security and nurturing and socialization. When your child is in elementary school, your primary role becomes that of a crafter. And the role of a crafter is to help shape and craft your child's morals, their values, their character, their behaviors, and their viewpoint on right and wrong. In the middle school stage, your role transitions to the all-important role of cheerleader. Because middle schoolers are growing in their independence, they need less caregiving, fewer moments of correcting, hopefully, but now they need tons of cheerleading. And as a cheerleader, you get the privilege of providing positive reinforcement and lots of encouragement. Now, it's important to remember that you don't completely abandon each of the previous roles as you enter a new stage of parenting. To some extent, you'll always play all of the roles because each stage is unique. And so your primary role does change from stage to stage. In the high school years, your primary role changes from cheerleader to coach. You're still a caregiver, providing the basics for life, but not like you have been in the past. And you're still a crafter, but again, it looks different now. And your high schooler still desperately needs you as a cheerleader. They need to know that you love them, that you're their biggest fan, and that you're cheering them on at all times. But shifting to the role of coach is significant and very important. 
You're still in charge, but it should start to look different. You're on the sidelines more than ever. You're, you're giving pep talks. You're calling the occasional time out when you need to help them regroup and get a new game plan. Your time with them is more limited than ever before. So you're teaching them how to think on their own, how to make game time decisions. You see, in short, the game is becoming theirs to play. And hey, if it all works out, they might even dump a bucket of Gatorade on your head at their high school graduation. The fifth stage of parenting, which is when your student is in the college years and beyond, is when you move from the role of coach to consultant. It's in this stage in which you fully step out of the driver's seat of your child's life and you become more of a GPS system. You're ready to provide help and direction, but only when they've reached out and asked for it. Since the goal of this session is to talk about the high school years, Let's look at some practical goals as a parent in this stage of being a coach to your high schooler. There are certainly plenty, but I wanna give us a few that I think will help them navigate their high school years as well as set them up for their future. I'll move through these fairly quickly because they're actually fairly simple. They're important and not necessarily easy, but they are straightforward and simple. First, Parents should provide important and well-timed input. Mom, Dad, once your student hits high school, your days of paying attention and providing input about all the little things in life are over. And when you do provide input, it should be mostly limited to what's most important. And it should be wisely timed. As I'm sure you know, sometimes it's not about what we say, it's about when we say it. When possible, we need to try to limit the number of directives or non-negotiable input that we provide and instead give them insight and guidance and encouragement as needed. Because your high schooler must learn to navigate life on their own, you wanna save your most direct input to the areas of highest concern. In short, when you quit paying attention and giving input into all the little things, your high schooler will be far more likely to pay attention to you when you choose to speak into the bigger things. So choose your battles wisely. In our home, my wife and I have decided that we're not going to speak into the state of our kids' bedrooms anymore. Are they as clean and as tidy as I would prefer? Absolutely not. Have their sheets been laundered and changed in the last few months? I don't know. And honestly, I'm scared to know the answer to that question. But what I do know is, I don't have to live in that bedroom, and I don't have to sleep in that bed. So for me, for my wife and I, it's just not the hill that we're choosing to die on. And it's not something that we feel like speaking into at this stage of their lives. We would rather save our input for things like who they're dating, how things are going at their part-time jobs, what colleges and universities they're looking at potentially attending, and what their relationship with Jesus Christ looks like. You'll have to decide for yourself what qualifies as the bigger things in your home, but I will say this, it's probably not as much as you think. Another goal is that we want to help our high schoolers discover their unique shape. God has created and wired your student in unique ways. He's wired your high schooler in such a unique way that they aren't like any other human being on the planet. 
which is part of the reason your parenting journey hasn't looked like the parenting journey of other parents. You aren't like other parents, and your student isn't like other students. In the book of Psalms, King David writes about the intentionality and thoughtfulness that God had when he created each and every one of us to be unique beings. Look at what he wrote in Psalm 139, verses 13 and 14. He said, You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous, how well I know it. The high school years are vital years for your student to begin to recognize and appreciate the unique way that God has shaped and wired them. They have specific skills and abilities and experiences and passions. They have a unique personality and quirks and opinions. In fact, SHAPE is an acronym. So let's quickly walk through it together. The S stands for spiritual gifts. These are gifts that every believer in Jesus Christ receives from the Holy Spirit. And you can read more about them in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 12. The H stands for heart. These are the things in which someone is passionate about, the things that their heart just beats strongly for. The A stands for abilities. And these are the natural and God-given skills and talents that someone possesses. The P stands for personality. Everyone has a unique personality that helps shape and form them. It shapes their values, their likes, their dislikes, and their interests. All of those things make up their personality. And lastly, the E stands for experiences. No two people have ever lived the exact same life and thus, Everyone has unique experiences in life that help mold and shape their character. So, the high school years are a great time for you to help your high school student begin to think about how all of these things, their spiritual gifts, their heart, their abilities, their personality, and their experiences might work together to help them fulfill God's unique plan for their life. Now, speaking of God's unique plan for their life, Another goal for you as a parent in this stage is to help your student develop a sense of purpose. High schoolers certainly don't need to feel pressured to figure out exactly how their life's purpose will play out. I mean, let's be honest, plenty of us are still trying to figure that out. But they should begin to understand that God does have a unique plan for their life and that they were created on purpose for a purpose. Now, here's a hint. Part of God's purpose and plan for their life is the same for every single person that God has ever created. That they would grow to be interdependent and lifelong followers of Jesus with a desire to make a kingdom contribution. Notice that I use the word interdependent and not independent. God did not create us to live our lives on our own, but rather he created us to live interdependent lives. Lives that are dependent on one another. Look at what it says in the book of Genesis, the very first book of the Bible, about this idea. Genesis chapter 2, verse 18 says, Then the Lord God said, It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him a helper fit for him. What's distinct, and what you can help your student begin to understand, is how that will look for them. Based on the unique way God has shaped them, what are they going to give their life to? In his book, The Purpose Driven Life, author and pastor Rick Warren says this, 
The purpose of your life is far greater than your own personal fulfillment, your peace of mind, or even your happiness. It's far greater than your family, your career, or even your wildest dreams and ambitions. If you want to know why you were placed on this planet, you must begin with God. The easiest way to discover the purpose of an invention is to ask the creator of it. The same is true for discovering your life's purpose. Ask God. So when was the last spiritual conversation you had with your high schooler? It's never too late to start, and it's never too late to lean in. God has a great purpose for your child's life, so help them seek out the one who holds the answers to what that might be. And this sets us up for one more goal. Help them begin to plan for what life looks like after high school. This is perhaps the toughest area for most parents to truly limit themselves to the role of a coach. And I get it. The decisions your high schooler makes about the years immediately following high school often set them up for what life looks like for the rest of their lives. So, you know, no pressure. And this is often why the domino effect kicked in early on in our parenting journeys. Because the post-high school years are so important, parents work hard to control every aspect of their child's high school experience, which often began by controlling their middle school experience. And in some cases, early childhood decisions, such as picking the right school district, or getting the proper tutoring, or involvement in sports and other extracurricular activities, were motivated by the desire on the parents' part to set the stage for acceptance into the college of their child's dreams or the college of their own dreams. And while the domino effect of raising children in the early years in ways that set them up later is good and natural, high school is when parents must let their child speak into the process. A good coach, and remember, that's your role in this stage, to coach and not to control. A good coach allows the player to navigate the game on their own. Should your child attend college? If so, what type of college? What specific college? What should they study? If they aren't headed to college, what are their plans after high school graduation? What type of a career do they think they might want to pursue? What type of lifestyle do they hope to provide for themselves and their family someday? These are all the conversations you should be having with your high schooler so that you can coach them along the way, providing important and well-timed input. I remember a coaching conversation my parents had with me about colleges as I was preparing to make my final decision. I had done some research and decided that I wanted to stay fairly close to home, and I had narrowed my selections down to two final choices. These schools could not have been more different. One was a small private Christian university on the outskirts of town, and the other was a very large public university near the downtown area of a major U.S. city. One was rather expensive, and the other was quite affordable. One had a stadium facility on campus with great sports programs and a fanatic fan base. The other school didn't even have a football team, and hardly anyone showed up to the sporting events on campus. But what sealed my decision was none of that. It was actually some information that my parents pointed out to me about my personality. They asked me to consider which school might fit my personality best. You see, my parents reminded me that I thrive in situations where there is accountability and where I have people who know me and care about me. And I realized that if I attended that large university, I'd be sitting in lecture halls with hundreds of other students. But at the smaller private school, 
the average class size was just a few dozen students. In the end, my parents spoke into me and spoke into the process, but they empowered me to make the decision. And I can't tell you how often I think back to how pivotal of a moment that was for me and my future. So let's circle back to the question I asked at the beginning of this conversation. How can the five stages of parenting be a game changer for me and my teenager? Well, remember, you're a caregiver, a crafter, a cheerleader, a coach, and eventually a consultant. But in these formative high school years, it's time to focus in on cheerleading and coaching. Be your teenager's biggest fan, supporting them all you can from the sidelines. And remember, it's time to let them start to take control of the game and make some game time decisions. Don't be afraid to call a timeout or to help them develop a game plan or a strategy, but then let them execute it. And when they occasionally fail, which we all do, be there to pick them up and dust them off, give them a pep talk and a Gatorade, and send them back out there ready to take on life's next challenge. As we wrap up, I'd like to leave you with a few questions to consider that I hope will help you be a more effective and efficient parent to your high school student. First, which of the five primary roles of parenting comes easy or natural for you? And similarly, which ones are difficult? The truth is, we all have strengths and weaknesses, and being aware of them helps us work towards being a more well-rounded and thus a more capable and competent parent. Another question to consider is, what are some of the smaller things in your student's life that you're gonna speak into less so that your input on the bigger things is more likely to be heard? As we close out our time together, I wanna to pause for a moment. And I want to remind you that there are no perfect parents and there's no perfect kids. Every family has their struggles and every family has strengths and weaknesses. Just because you don't see them doesn't mean they don't exist. So don't compare your parenting to anybody else's and don't compare your kids to anyone else's. God chose you to love and to raise your kids and he has an incredible plan and purpose for their life. I want to read a passage of scripture over you that I hope provides some support and comfort no matter where you're at in your parenting journey right now. The Apostle Paul wrote this in one of his letters. He said, Don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, Brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. I'm praying God's best for you and I'm excited for you to take what you've learned and to put it into practice. Thanks for listening, everybody. We hope you're feeling encouraged and that you have some new tools to try out in your own parenting. Before you go, we want to remind you that our team is here for you to respond to your parenting questions and especially to pray for you. So please email your questions and any prayer requests you might have to questions at familylifecanada.com. We really do want to help.